0: Midlife Moxie. We are a community and podcast all about midlife women making this one of the best seasons of their lives. Well, I'm one of your
1: hosts, Gail. And I'm Christina. We're going to be sharing our stories, struggles, and joys while bringing you experts on topics that you
0: care about. And we're going to do it while having a whole lot of fun. So buckle up, girls. Let's get our moxie on. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to Midlife Moxie. We are recording again after a nice winter's break. Kind of felt good, right girl?
1: Yes, it was actually really nice to just settle in and now we are back We are back Back. on the grind. We
0: had so many episodes in the can. People are like getting frustrated that their episode wasn't running. So (laughs) we needed to take a break for more than one reason, but we wanted to enjoy the holidays too and really be, you know, present and attentive to our family. So um, it's a pretty day here. How's it going there in California? It's
1: it's actually nice. It's just super cold. I mean, 50 degrees to me is like freezing. So oh I've got gosh. two sweaters on, She's boots. such a lightweight. Well, <laughs> around here, we uh, this show today,
0: I don't even know what to tell you it's about other than life changes and following your passion. And we have a dear friend of mine who I knew when I lived in Fort Worth, and she's one of the people that you just really miss because nobody nobody could take this girl's place in your life. There's not another one like her. There's really not. And we often call Christina our Jenny from the hood, but this girl is the original Jenny from the hood. So Jenny Washington, (laughs) welcome to Midlife Moxie. Are you ready for
2: this? (laughs) Thanks for having me, you guys. I'm super excited to hang out with y'all for a while today.
0: Well, here in Midlife, we're all about exploring who you are as a midlife woman. And we really believe in following your passions and connecting with that person that you were before you were given all these labels, before life got in the way, before people messed with you and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so Jenny has a fascinating story. So before we get into the good part, we're going to go through some of the bad parts. Mm-hmm. And Jenny's agreed to tell her story. So Jenny, you're a young lady and you get married. Tell us about that.
2: Oh, wow. So I got married when I was in college. Um, I had twin daughters, and it was a roller coaster of a marriage. Um, it was very abusive, uh, physically abusive, and uh, just emotionally abusive as well. And being in the church, you know. A lot of people frown upon divorce. Uh, most of the reason why I stayed was uh, I remember uh, people were like, "Oh, you don't want to get divorced because you know you have kids and you're going to go to hell." And I was like, "Oh man!" <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> well, that would stink. I like no, not hell. <laughs> so <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> I stayed and um, you know tried to work it out. I was told that I could you know pray him back to acting right, and um, after you know years of prayer i was like i don't think this is working and um you know so i reached to a different pastor cuz you know different pastors say different things and um mm-hmm. you know you can literally find um any scripture in the bible to support what you believe interestingly enough and it was kind of like well god didn't tell you to leave and uh people had slaves in the bible and uh who was it, Sarah or whatever, beat up her housemaid. And I'm just like, okay, you know what? Uh-huh. I need a new Bible because this is not working for me. Like, dude, is trying to kill me, guys. Like, <laughs> send help. <No.
0: laughs> so, Yeah, because like, we're, well, we're not talking about a little pushing and shoving.
2: Right, right. Um, I don't know if you can it was see serious, like a physical scar abuse on my head. There's a, I still have a scar. Mm. <laughs> so, um, but eventually um, it was really when I, because um, I had left for a year. And I had filed for divorce um, the first year we got married. And, you know, it was the church that was just like, you know, everyone wanted to talk about God restoring families and everything. And so I was like, okay, well, I need to go back. That way I could say, um, you know, I gave it all I had and I did everything I could. And it just, you know, just kind of escalated and got worse um, after I went back Hmm. and when I found Northwood. Um, That's when I talked to one of the pastors there. And he, uh, I can't remember, he gave me some tapes of a different pastor um, that wasn't affiliated with Northwood. And he was like, it's okay. And that's when I really, you know, was like, okay, uh, I need to, you know, decide what I want to do with my life. And the straw that really just broke the camel's back, I was sitting in the twins room one day, and it was close to Christmas time. And they're like mommy you look sad and i was just like i'm just a little bit sad but you know i just try to talk to them about their day and stuff and they're like well you know we just we're really concerned because we uh want santa claus to give you presents and and we're not sure if you and daddy are going to get presents this year from santa claus and i was like oh lord jesus santa claus is involved i got to go <laughs> and i literally like the next day i went and filed for divorce because <laughs> I didn't
0: want Santa Claus oh. to infect the girls. <laughs> not Santa Claus. Yeah, so. Those girls are something else.
2: Yeah, that was like the so, thing that wished
1: wow. it. Well, that's just really, int- I mean, like, not interesting, but it just kind of saddens me that that is the direction that the church was really um, moving you into when there is um, severe abuse. It's like, mm, that's that's like because that can affect not only you but also your children right. and so I'm glad that you you had another sounding board another person that was able to say hey like yeah <laughs> this this is not the will of god like right. he does not want that for you or your Yeah kids. and so I mean so if you don't really have cool. that
2: relationship with god too you know you're liable to right. just believe anything that right. anyone says because you don't know who you are and, mm-hmm. and I was you know not necessarily a baby christian but you know, I didn't know a lot of things for myself. And, and I get what the church was mm. trying to do. So, I mean, I don't hold anybody at fault or any ill will or anything like that. Sure. everyone wants to believe in the miraculous power of God in every circumstance. But um, at the same time, you do have to be realistic. And like my mom always tells me, you know, you have to do the practical while you wait for the spiritual. God doesn't expect you to just sit there. That's right.
1: That's, that's
0: right. That's awesome. So, so a think-
2: sound wisdom. <laughs>
0: I think in these the the following years is when I met you Jenny. Yes. And you were a single mom with two beautiful twin girls and I just liked you instantly and at that time you were exploring one of your passions as far as working in audiovisual at the church and you were incredibly talented
2: there. Yes, thank you. <laughs> That's always been a passion of mine, um, just production, because uh, my major in college was computer science. And so I've just always had that techie background. My mom's always worked in tech. My dad's always worked in tech. Like it's just a whole tech family. So I just knew that's, that was what I was going to do. And I started off in tech uh, within the church because I got kicked out of the children's ministry. <laughs> <laughs> Shocking. Oh, Wow. Jenny, I didn't know that part. Tell us about
1: that. Tell us about that. That's what I want to know. What happened? Out of the children's ministry.
0: You say, love this girl, Christina, You
1: just can't. (laughs) Totally.
2: So like, even as a kid, I got kicked out of the children's ministry at a church. I had too many (laughs) questions. Uh, I pushed back too much and they're like, you need to go to the adult church. And so then when I became an adult, you know, when you have kids, they usually try to push the parents, you know, the new parents into the children's ministry to help out. And I've just never had that. That babying gene in me, it just didn't come naturally because I never wanted kids. I was like, oh my God, what am I doing with kids? And um, they came in and I was, you know, I, I thought I was doing the right thing. And I had a, what I called a decompression table in the children's ministry. And they're like, well, what are the kids doing? They're they're just sitting here at the table. I said, oh no, that's the decompression table. Cause they don't know how to act. I said, and I can't whoop them. So, and they went to the kids what are we doing? They're like, we're decompressing. They're like, what does that mean? They're like, we don't know, but Miss Jenny said, we have to decompress. And they're like, we don't think this is your ministry. <laughs> and so they're like, we're going to have to put you somewhere you else. We have a new
0: position for you. You're going to work with the inmates. <laughs> yeah, over like, jail. It That's was, your position. It was
2: quiet in there though. Cause they, I said, I can't do tears and crying. My own kids don't do that. I, I don't know how to act. So mm. yeah, it didn't really work. Well, out. you're
0: also a teacher. <laughs> we forgot that part, yeah. which is hilarious. You've kept that job.
2: <laughs> well, I've got promoted. So now I'm an instructional specialist. So I teach the teachers now instead of the students. Um, Which is even more comical than instead of firing you, you keep getting
0: promoted. I know. I mean, I can't with you, Ginny T. It's
2: got. It has, so to, it, be.
0: <laughs> it has mm-hmm. to be. It has to be. He's got a special calling for you. So, because to know Ginny T., the last thing you'd expect would be her to be a teacher. So, yeah. about the time I met you, you were working in auto-visual, and that was a passion of yours. You're raising your girls. The struggle was real, I remember. Mm-hmm. and But you you started to... And this is where the story, there's still more bad to come, but it's going to get good, y'all. Because the thing I want them to see is you're a woman who started to chase after her passions and really live is who you truly were. You may, you basically are a no apologies kind of girl. I mean, you would apologize if you, well, maybe if you killed someone or something, maybe. But you don't make apologies for who you are. Right. And so I want to talk about that a little bit. You um, started to, you decide you wanted to be a cake maker and there goes
2: Ranger. Yeah. So um, I'd always just uh, love trying to cook and make different things. And when I was a teacher, uh, I started off teaching math and I went to a conference in Colorado with one of my principals. And so uh, he introduced us to his aunt. And she made the most beautiful cakes. Um, it had a lot of fruit and stuff on it. And it was like, and it tastes pretty good mm. too. And I was just like, man, this is awesome. And I had just been kind of making cakes and stuff just for family. Uh, and, you know, they didn't look like anything, just like the regular buck pan type stuff. <laughs> and so... Um, I asked her, I was like, Hey, could you show me how you do this? And so she was like, yeah, sure. I even gave you my recipe. And I'm just like, okay, cool. And so oh, when wow. we left and she was like huge, she was like an author, a real awesome Christian lady. She was like topping some company she was doing, like she was doing it all. And then she was like this, this magazine home lady with this pretty cake. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, that's totally going to be me. And so I went home after that conference And I made her cake probably every single weekend. And each time I made it, I would get better and better. And I started changing her recipe to make it more me because I like certain flavors and stuff. And I started looking up uh, different decorations and stuff on YouTube. And after like two months, the cake, it became like a monster. Like I had done so much different to it and it was so awesome and everything. And I'm just showing it off and taking it to work. Everybody's eating cake like every single week and everything. And I remember um, I posted it. Okay, Jenny, hold on. I have to...
1: I have to ask, were people upset with you because you kept bringing in cake and they were getting oh, like no. a little chunky around oh the waist?
2: <laughs> if, if you know anything about teachers, teachers love free food. Like anything free, we love it. <laughs> Jenny's friends loved love cake
0: yeah. too. Yes. She was I remember she in her first experiment, she would put up there on, on Facebook, I've got some um leftover cupcakes or I've got, I need some taste testers. I'm like, girl, me. I remember even driving one time to her apartment to get these cupcakes. Yeah. It was like, crazy. I
2: love cake it took and on. I love a cupcake. It and- definitely took on a mind of its own. And, um, I think that I, I guess I kind of stepped on her toes a little bit with it and cause I made it better. And so she deleted me off social media. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, The Jenny. nice Christian lady <laughs> oh, no. just, oh, just got offended. I was like, oh, what You, know, you know where offense comes from. Yeah, so. and that's <laughs> not, that was the first time that ever happened to me. It happened again later on in my cake career with another cake lady that was really, really high up and stuff. Um, and I was just like, man, what did I do? And I'm like, you know, and it was funny too. Cause everybody was like, yeah, it tastes, and looks way better than hers. And I was just like, so then at that <laughs> point, you know, I'm talking noise now and I'm like, okay, she deleted me cause I'm better and you can't do nothing. So, you know, definitely a big head over
0: Jeannie, that genie.
2: <laughs> okay. So the cake thing though
0: It just came from a passion, and I I love a couple of things about that. You knew what your passion was. You were in touch with the things you like to do and the things that you felt like you wanted to try, but you also were willing to ask somebody, hey, how do I do that? And Mm -hmm. I think that's where a lot of us get stuck. We never reach out for the how. We sit at home and think to ourselves, I'd like to do that, but we never take a step towards the things we want to do. So Mm -hmm. that step led you to some incredible things. So let's talk about that, all the things that the cake the cake yeah, world to for you. I just
2: I've never been afraid to ask for help. Um that's one of the things that my parents always just mm-hmm. uh made sure that I knew like hey, if you don't know you need to ask someone, you know. And so I uh, and I, I always that. ask questions, and sometimes it got me in trouble, but so we with the cake We think that makes us weak, but I think it actually makes us strong. <laughs> I, I
0: love it. Yeah. So it's, tell me about your cake journey.
2: So with the cakes, um I started off doing um really uh I think my first order was one of our church members. She was like my first official order, um, and so I started doing the cakes and I learned more. I'm pretty much self-taught, um, just finding different things, trying to copy it. Um, I do have a little bit of an art history, so I was able to kind of emulate a lot of those different, you know, techniques. And then once I couldn't, you know, teach myself anymore, I was like, okay, I need to go to someone more professional. And so Hobby Lobby. They taught cake classes just for those basic things because I try to oh. when I do things I kind of shoot for the stars and I miss the foundational things in between, <laughs> so I had to go back and do that. So, um, oh, you sound you sound like yeah.
0: me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, imagine that. Do we know anyone like
2: that, Christina? Christina, now oh we'll have ourselves.
0: We turn on our microphones to record our first day, and we're planning our TV show. I mean, that's how we oh, yeah. all too.
2: I mean, but that's how it works. Yeah. Like, would you? shoot that. I mean, it's like, oh, I can go back and do the little stuff later. Cause it's like, why, why limit yourself when you know, you got it, you know? And so, um, mm. after I learned some more, I was like, Oh, okay, cool. I'm like, well now I'm going to teach it. And so I went and started teaching the K classes as well, because, um, you know, one thing that my dad always says, he says, even, uh, even the pipe gets wet when water's flowing through it. And so I'm teaching people, but I'm also learning myself. Um, and I'm a, I'm a lifelong mm. learner. I love learning things. So I did that. Um, and then I remember there was this cake, and I won't even mention it by name, but there was this cake lady that's huge out here in Dallas, Fort Worth. And uh, one of my friend and I followed her and I loved all her stuff. And one of my friends was like, hey, she's having a cake class. You should go. And I'm like, oh my gosh, my cake idol. This is awesome. And so I went to one of her classes. And of course, I was like geeking out, you know, and I'm like, ah. Awesome, You know, and um, we got really cool. And she saw something in me. And so uh, she started asking me to come to her house to help her work on cakes. And she did cakes for like high profile people like rappers and like princesses from India and, you know, all the local celebrities, cowboy people and stuff like she was like, that chick. And I was like, yes, I get in good with her. And I'm like, yeah, let's do this. And so she, you know, started taking me under a wing and teaching some stuff. And I learned a little bit from her, but some of the stuff I already kind of knew. So it was more like a, Mm. just refining my skills type things or whatever. And, you know, just learning a couple different things, mainly on the business side, not necessarily decorating side. And so, Mm. um, she had some friends that did like cake pops and stuff like that. And so I reached, I asked her, could I reach out to them? Because I had an order. I had a cake and then they wanted cake pops, but I'm just like, I'm not doing cake pops. That's way too much time. And I ain't doing all that. And so um, I reached out to her friends. That <laughs> <does take> <laughs> Yeah, lot of time. I reached out to her friends to do the cake pops or whatever. And um, the, the party I was doing the cake for, it was like one of my friends. And so I wasn't charging them for the cake because me, I hate shopping like I'm not that girl that loves to shop or anything. Um it, I loathe oh shopping. God. And so if I'm invited to Me you know, if I'm invited to a party and I do cakes, my gift is your cake. Cuz I would much rather yep. do that than have yep. to, you know, figure out what you like and go to the store and then they don't have this or that and then I got to figure out how to do the little the stuff, the paper in the bag, and, you know, it never turns out. looks like I bought that stuff up. So I'm like, I'm not doing all that. And so the cake was my gift. And I just told her, you know, just, I'll charge you like $30. That's it. And, um, the cake pops, you know, they were like $90 or something like that. But I was just like, I got those, I'll pay for it. And so, I went and the cake matched the cake pops perfectly. All I asked them was what and they were doing. And so it looked like I had did both. And so the, the people that did the cake pops are like, oh, let's see your cake or whatever. And then they saw it. And they're like, oh my gosh, it's so awesome. Like you did that. And then like, they were like, hey, how much did you charge for this? I was like, oh, I just charged $30. It's for a friend. Well, they went back to the cake person I was working with oh, and told no. her like, hey, um, your protege or whatever is only charging $30 for, for cakes. And so she never reached out to me or anything, but she went into this cake group um, on Facebook that had like hundreds of people because she has a huge following and was like, you know, this is just an example of what not to do. I've been training this girl and she hasn't listened to anything that I've said and she's only charging $30 for Uh her cakes. I wasn't, um, I never paid attention to the group because again, I didn't even know how to really work social media at that time. I was just, you know, doing whatever. And so when my friend, she called me and she was like, girl, what'd you do? And I was like, what do you mean, what I do? And I'm like, well, I probably did something, but what was it? What'd I do? And she was like, <laughs> she, these friends know her and they're like, I what love did it. you do? I love yeah, and it. I'm like, what happened? And so it. she shows me and, and I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, this, I'm like, I hadn't even talked to her. And this was just for a birthday party. I was invited to like, what? And so I was trying to call her and she wouldn't pick up the phone. But then she sent me a message oh. real quick. was like, oh, I'll talk to you later. Um, I have an emergency or whatever. I was like, okay, cool. Just call me when you're done. Because you, Gail, you know me. I'm direct. <laughs> I'm direct. I'm not going to yes. run around, beat around the bush or anything. I'm coming straight to you. We're not going to go back and forth. Yeah, and let's so, just discuss. Yeah. And so she tried to like, after that, after she had said she was going to call me and stuff, she tried to start sending me messages and everything. I said, no, we're going to talk about this in person. You need to call me because I have some issues with what you said said. And so after that, she like tried to ghost me. And then she changed her phone Uh-oh. number. And so, and then Uh-oh. she was still like in her groups talking. The story just gets and I'm worse. Like, what <laughs> did I do? Like, what in the world? How is this happening? And so I was like, you know what? At the time, that's when uh, Tarim was starting to get sick or whatever, my, my late husband. And I was like, okay, you know what? I don't need this kind of, kind of drama. I'm going to stop this. And so I blocked her, blocked all her friends and everything. Well, I blocked her friends first, and then I was going to block her. But I was like, I'm going to wait till, to see if she contacts me or whatever. And so on Facebook, she started... Like she started going in her other groups and saying how she hated certain techniques of cake decorating and she didn't like doing this. She didn't like doing that. And then she went on her Facebook and she started posting cakes that were her orders. They were her orders, but I did them. And she was like, Uh oh, "Oh, this is a, you know, quilting technique at its finest. Nobody can do this like me. And I'm like, you damn right, because I did it like (laughs) Of course, nobody could do that. Oh I did it. You know, and she started doing that with certain cakes, posting things that I did. And I, I feel like she was trying to bait me. And so eventually I had to, I didn't say anything. I never say anything. And I wanted to so bad. But my dad's all like, oh, no, you're going to be the bigger person. And I'm just like, uh, you weren't like this in the 80s yeah, I- when I was growing up. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> so, yeah. So I had to just delete her and everything and just not, I just let it go. But oh my gosh, it really just grinded my gears because I wanted to say something so bad. But like those that knew me, mm. they were like, girl, ain't, the cake, ain't that the cake you did? And I'm like, yeah, it's the cake I did. But I'm going to let her have it. I ain't going to tell all her secrets and stuff because there were a lot of cakes that I did that were hers, you know, but, but you know, she I had brought me it's over. It's good to
0: see how when things happen to us and we're midlife and we're more mature, we do handle things differently yeah. than we would have back because you could have made such a stink that ruined your opportunities in that arena. and right. we. We don't want to do that. Yeah. But and I have gone on to do cake you competitions had some huge and everything. You successes. Yeah. Tell us about that. All the successes you had in the baking world.
2: Yeah. So I did my first cake competition in, what was it, like 2017, I think. Um, I got first place in the wedding cake category. Nice. So I was super excited about that. Um, and it was crazy because that day, I think I won like almost every raffle possible. <laughs> Like it was just, I remember a that because now you had
0: all this equipment.
2: Yeah, it was a huge <clears throat> I remember win for that. Me, You're so. like, I got all this equipment free. I won
0: it. Yay. And yeah. you needed that. I was super excited. You still got those twins,
2: still yeah. teaching, still I doing I needed the thing. a win. But like, you went on to bigger point. stuff. Yeah. So I did. You went um, on to bigger things? Yeah. I did another cake competition in Austin. Um, what was it last year? I think maybe. Um, I got third place in that one. Should have got first, but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> Everybody said I should have got first. Like seriously, it was a whole thing. Like we were oh, all no. gonna just go. It was it was yeah, ragged. We were gonna ragged. be like totally Storm rigged. Austin. <laughs> so um yeah, I did that. And I mean, I've done weddings. Um, I've done every nice. type of cake that I wanted to do design wise. You've done um, a little Netflix. Yeah. So Netflix uh, nailed it. They had a COVID version um, like during the COVID times. And so they did it at home online. And so I got to participate in that. Um, and that was cool. Um, I've just done everything that I wanted to do with cake. And so now, you know, I I told all my friends, hey, I'm retiring now, I'm done. And oh my gosh, people were calling me and inboxing me. Were they mad? Girl, they were cursing me out. out. (laughs) I was going to say,
1: they must have been mad. Wait, no more cakes? Wait, we like those cakes. There's
0: a a sentence you said though, that I think we should discuss is, I had done all I wanted to do with that. Mm
2: -hmm. And I
0: think sometimes- We as women think if we do something, we have to do it forever.
2: Right. Mm -hmm. But some things
0: are for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. And you knew you had accomplished what you wanted to accomplish, that dream had been fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And you're just one of those girls you always want to do something new, something different. And that's why I wanted to have you on the show because I really want to talk about pursuing all our passions. Mm -hmm. But before we go forward with some of your other passions, we have to talk about you know, the cake wasn't always, you know, there were some difficult times there, but you're also having some difficult times personally. So let's talk a little bit about Tarian and what you went through with that.
2: Yeah. So Tarian, uh, he was my second husband, um, and he passed away from cancer. Uh, he and I, Mm. we actually grew up living across the street from each other since we were 10 years old. Um, so it, you'd think it was like a childhood sweetheart story, but it wasn't cause we never dated. He, in fact, like he was like boyfriend, girlfriend, you know, with like all of my friends, everybody except me. <laughs> <laughs> I, know. So, I mean, we were just best friends growing up and, um, we, Whenever we went off to college, I was supposed to go to Texas State. He was going to Angelo State. And that summer, right before college, he came over to the house and um, he's like, hey, um, I thought we were going to college together. And I'm like, what would make you think that? We've never even had this conversation. And he said something about, Oh, well, I thought we were going to have, you know, macaroni and cheese because we could keep it in the, in the refrigerator and right above the refrigerator is a microwave and we could have microwave and macaroni and cheese. And I'm like, what? <laughs> this was a conversation we never, ever had. And so, of course, me, because I always loved him, like, I literally loved him the first time I saw him and didn't even know who he was. Mm. And um, so, of course, I go to my parents, and I'm like, I have to switch schools. And they had already paid my deposit, got my dorm and everything. <gasps> oh, no. And, but again, I'm crafty, and I go for what I want. So I had already applied to Angela State. I got me an academic scholarship. I had everything done, set up, paid for it. Deal. All my parents had to do was sign the line. And so since I had that in place, and they weren't going to have to come off any more money. They were actually saving money. They're like, okay, cool, we'll do it. And they're like, you better not be doing it for a boy. And I'm just like, no, it's just a more, you know, it's a better financial opportunity. And <laughs> totally was for a boy. Please.
1: <laughs> but, um, oh my yeah. gosh. Well, can we just pause there? Because you are a tenacious woman. Like, you're like, nothing is going to stop me and nothing's going to hold me back. And I think that that is super powerful because a lot of women, you know, don't, don't think that that way. Mm -hmm. You know, it's really hard for them to think I can just power through and I can make things happen.
2: And you did. I think that's so (laughs) freaking cool. Like that is awesome. Literally the first day, uh, the first day I saw him, um, I was 10 years old. Our family had just moved from Massachusetts and we were just going to look at the house because uh, my parents said, hey, we bought a house in Texas. So we were just going to look at the house. Him and his best friend were outside across the street. They were watering the bushes. And I saw him and I said, oh, my God, it's a boy. And he looked up and like waved and smiled at me. And I looked at my dad and I said, we're getting married. I'm in love. That's going to be my husband. And they looked at me and they're just like, you're crazy. And they're like, you don't even know his name. I said, I don't care. That's going to be my husband. And so... <laughs> Wow. <laughs> it is crazy because I wow. knew it was eventually going to happen. Wow. You were so on a mission. Yeah, I know. I was like, oh Girl
0: makes a decision.
2: <laughs> but you married somebody else. Yeah. So I, I married so the twins dad. And so how did dad and... come back into your life? So after the twins dad and I uh, got divorced, uh, and he had got married um, in college as well. Um, and after our first year, I transferred and went to the college I was supposed to go to because we never dated in college. Like, it just we went to college together and it just never happened. Um, I did his homework for him because uh, he, he decided to have <laughs> oh, the same genius. major as me and realized he was not gonna make it as a computer scientist. And so I was doing his homework and he had eventually switched to something oh, no. else. But I, you know, transferred to another college and then he got married, I got married, and um we both got divorced uh kind of around the same time, about a year or so apart. Um I had still kept in touch with his family mm-hmm. though. And I would always make it a point to tell his sister, I'm just like, hey, you know, tell everybody I said hi and, and make sure your brother knows that I didn't say hi to him. Like, tell him specifically that I'm not telling him hi. <laughs> and so, after we got both got divorced and stuff, one day he called and I didn't know who he was. And he was like, yeah, um, my sister's been telling me that you have been, you know, making sure that I know that you're not telling me hi. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And so, We just hit it off and started talking and, you know, of course, guys are so stupid. Oh, I always loved you and all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, right. You dated everybody but me. You didn't love me. And he's like, yes, I did. And so we just started talking and we talked for about a year. And um, during that year, uh, the twins dad uh, came back around and was wanting to reconcile and i struggled so bad with figuring out what to do cuz i was like oh my gosh i have the love of my life finally and then you have the you know my kid's father coming in and you know i i still loved him just in whatever way that was which was crazy but you know, you want your family back and then you have other people pressuring you like, oh, this is God's way of restoring your family and everything like that. And and so I told Taryn and it was the hardest conversation I ever had with him. I was like, you know, I think I have to give this a try. And he was like, are you sure? And I said, you know, I, I said, yeah, I, I think I have to give this a try. You know, um, if, if God is leading me in this direction, then that's what I have to do. And of course, Twins Dad was still crazy. It lasted a year before he was trying to you Know, kill me again, but (laughs) after that, the Atarian started talking again. You know, a year later, because we didn't have any contacts, I told him, I said, I I can't have you as an option because I'm gonna choose you. And he's like, Okay, I understand. And so, after a year, we both were just kind of like casually dating people, but then him and I got serious and started talking. And then it was just like full speed ahead, we were engaged and we got married. And um, while we were, before we were even engaged he got diagnosed with cancer one summer and it was like um, I thought everything was like over and, and life was blowing up. And I'm just like, no, like it can't be that, you know, God waited this long to put us together, you know, just for him to have cancer and die. And um, I think he was mm-hmm. in the hospital for probably about a a good two months. And then all of a sudden everything was fine. Um, He had lost a lot of weight, but then he gained it back. And it was like, Half the time we would forget he even had cancer because he just looked fine. He was normal. He was doing good. He was working. Um, and so we got engaged and he was still living in Georgia. And then the year later he moved down to Texas. And so after he moved to Texas, everything was cool, you know, and there were still some tensions in his family because his mom was crazy. But uh <laughs> she was just really like controlling and um, But you know, she wanted to I remember be in this
0: season and How much we were so happy for you because of all you've been through, yeah, for this new true love, and it was really a sweet, sweet season. And we were all just shocked and dumbfounded, yeah, when he passed.
2: Yeah, it was, and hmm. it was kind of
0: sudden, right?
2: It was, um, it was sudden-ish. So you get like the scoop, so you are your your Bobble (laughs) Rogers. You get that today, um. So once he moved to Texas, everything was good that year. Um, And the following year, like after Christmas, he started kind of uh, having to get more of the um, like transfusions for platelets and stuff. And then all of a sudden I got a call at work and it was like April and they're like, hey, He has to get bone marrow transplant. The cancer is back. It's aggressive. He has to come into the hospital like today. And so I literally left work that day and like went to the hospital and they're like, we got to get everything ready. He got to start doing chemo. Um, And so it just happened really, really fast. And that was like the beginning of April. And then so he stayed in the hospital from April until uh, he had the bone marrow transplant on his birthday in June. Um, And then they let him out of the hospital at the end of June. So I was his caretaker. Um, you know, the whole summer, which worked out great. Cause I was off. And then I had also, uh, gotten a promotion at work <laughs> and I was in a new position. So I well, had, somehow. I had more free time. It's like, God was just orchestrating everything. And, um, Everyone from the church was helping out whenever school started back they would take mm. uh, take him to his appointments you know we'd switch off weeks and stuff because he had to go weekly um, and then one day something I don't know something just happened. Um, he developed graft versus host disease that's where the donor cells start attacking your body um, and so he got mm. really really sick and his, his organs and stuff weren't pumping out the medicine the way they should and so it was like he was really groggy and out of it he couldn't do anything he didn't know what was going on. And so, um, I was freaking out and, um, I called his family. We hadn't really been on speaking terms at the time just cause of, you know, all the stuff that was going on with them. And they came to Texas and pretty much blew up my whole life. Uh, it was very, uh, crazy. His mother tried to fight me in the hospital one night. Uh, <gasps> oh
1: no. Yeah. Because he, oh, no, no, he no. had tried to
2: get out of the hospital bed on his own, um, and I had taken off the the railing, uh, the railing lock or whatever, um, and I hadn't put it back on. He tried to get out on his own. He fell. Um, I like jumped in the air trying to catch him, like Superman. It was a crazy thing. And his mom just like freaked <laughs> out, got upset, and she tried to fight me. And then the next thing I know, uh, his family had went to like the hospital staff and the doctors, and they were uh, they were oh. asking that I not be allowed at the hospital. Um, they ha- they were supposed to go home. That's
1: your husband? Yeah, they were telling <sighs> him Oh no. Again, remember Mm-mm. he hadn't
2: worked since April. They were telling him that I was stealing his money. Um he didn't <gasps> have any money. <laughs> He didn't have any money cuz he didn't have you know he wasn't working and, and we weren't getting He wasn't working. You know I had yeah. applied for benefits and stuff like that but I wasn't getting anything yet so the money that I was getting I was getting it from like hospital grants and scholarships I was applying for um and just finding loopholes and you know different things i I'm just like super resourceful and I was working three jobs um and he da- he didn't even have a child support order and I was paying his ex child support for the boys <laughs> on his behalf and, mm. and nobody even knew um, but his parents you know they were you know making all these accusations and things and um, well they were they were
1: making assumptions on the things that they couldn't yeah, see yeah and so
2: it was just bad
1: <laughs> it made them feel
2: better right
1: mm-hmm. that's unfortunate and so
2: um, around that same time uh, while he when everything really started to blow up with him uh, my mom got sick and the doctors didn't know what was wrong with her and they live in Killeen Fort Hood well they had like taking her from Colleen Fort Hood to Waco. So for about a good week, I was, I live in Fort Worth. So I was driving up and down I 35. I was going to Dallas, coming back, going to Fort mm. Worth, either putting the twins off on my neighbor who's like my best friend in the whole world. She was so great during the time. And then I'd get back in the car and drive the other direction down I 35 um, to Waco. Um for about mm. a good week and a half. And and it was it was very scary because everything that my mom was going through. It just, it resembled what he'd gone through. So, and it was so funny because her doctors thought I was a doctor too because I'm like, well, make sure you're in this test and she had like some spots on yeah. her. I'm like, she needs blood platelets and they're like, how does she know this? And I'm just like, I've seen all this before, you know? And, um, and she ended up having a really, really bad UTI that I think like was kind of going into like sepsis and stuff or whatever. So,
1: mm-hmm. and she ended up being mm-hmm.
2: perfectly fine. But, um, after she got out the hospital, uh, you know, I I went to the hospital to see my husband, and uh, I had some paperwork and stuff for him to sign. And his mom wouldn't let him sign any paperwork. Uh, she wanted to be, you know, in everything and go over everything. And it was just really, really, really hard. And they wouldn't let me talk to him alone. So anytime I went to see him, one of them they insisted on being there. Um, so I didn't get any time with him, and I. I told him, I was like, look, we can't, you know, live like this. Like, <laughs> this is not how God is going to bless us. And you're allowing your family to do this. I'm yep. like, and I get you in the hospital yep. and, and you don't really understand what's going on, but I'm your wife. You need to trust me. This can't go on. They need to go home. Because at this point they had mm-hmm. been here for like three weeks and they weren't supposed to be here that long. And, uh, um, yeah, you got yeah to go. they just wouldn't leave. And so he, he said that he wasn't sure if he wanted to be married anymore. Um, Um. So I'm sorry, it's the first time I ever told anybody. But um It was just like, what is going on? What is going on? And he's just like, well, I'll just talk to you. I don't know. And so, you know, I I went to a depression. Uh, I started seeing um, a counselor. And then I stopped seeing a counselor because something new was happening every week. And she was just too surprised. Like, she didn't believe. She did not (laughs) believe anything I was telling her. Like, she was just like, you have to be making this up. And I'm like, no. And then I realized, I'm like, you can't help me because you're too surprised. Like... (laughs) You have no advice for me. All you can do is listen. You got to be grounded. Yeah, you are not grounded. I cannot do this. So I was like, oh my gosh, I can't do this. So I stopped seeing her and I was just like, yeah, I can't do that. And um, I got a call at work and uh, my apartment manager was like, hey, Jenny, you never told me that your husband was coming home. And I'm like, because he's not. And she was like, well, he's here with his family. And they said that they're uh, moving him to Georgia. And I said, I'm sorry, they're doing What? How did he even get out of the hospital? Uh. Like, what is happening? And so they had taken him out Mm. of the hospital um, against medical advice. Um, I found that out, you know, like the week later. And um, they were taking him without telling me, without telling Mm. anyone else and moving him to Georgia. And so I rushed home. Like I think I got home in like 10 minutes. I was like speeding over railroad tracks and stuff. (laughs) Bottom of my car is all jacked up. And so (laughs) I'm like speeding home. And I get there to my apartment and his sister had locked me out of the apartment. So I couldn't get in. So I had to call. Oh my god! Yeah, I had to call the police and everything. And then like, as soon as his mom saw me, she starts like yelling expletives at me. Like she's calling me B word. She's calling me a hoe, accusing me of cheating, all this stuff. And I'm sitting here like, when would I even have that time? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm driving up and down 35. The twins, they were still in every sport you could think of. Like, why? Where is this coming from? You know, and she just did the absolute mm. most. And so finally got into my mm. apartment and I'm trying to find him. And I mean, he was on a walker and couldn't even walk. He didn't know what was going on. He just kept saying over and over, I'm going to a better hospital. And I'm like, well, if you're going to a better hospital, how come you're not going to Houston? Because that's the best hospital. Like you're going back to Georgia and that's not the best one. Not for, you know, what you have going on. And, and he's just like, I'm, I'm going to call you when I get there. I'm going to call you when I get there. Um, and so they left and I had to let him go. Uh, the police came, they said they couldn't do anything, and the doctors were like, You know, we can't give you any more information, they've taken you off. And uh, and he never called. Mm. And so, a couple weeks went by. Um, I noticed I wasn't getting my mail because mm. they had uh, well, I found out afterwards they had forwarded all my mail to their house. Um, so I wasn't getting mail or anything like that. And I was like, okay, well, I hadn't talked to our, we had an insurance lady that I talked to all the time. And I was like, I had not talked to them in a while. I need to call them because I haven't been getting my mail and I need to make sure these premiums are paid for that way, you know, they can continue his care. And so I called them and they're like, uh, oh yeah, we're so sorry. And, and how are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm good. Cause I hadn't talked to them in a month. This was December and I hadn't talked to them. So it had been like about six weeks. And I hadn't talked to him. I hadn't talked to them, uh, the insurance people. And uh, she's like, Yeah, we sent over uh, the death certificate you requested and and everything like that. Uh. And so I thought she was saying debt because I had called to see if we owed money. And that's the only thing I was talking about. And I was like, What in the world is a debt certificate? I'm like, What is that? I'm like, Do I owe money or not? You know, (laughs) like, I'm frustrated. I'm not even paying attention to what she's saying. I'm just like, Do I owe money or not? What's going on? And she's like, well, you know, I just talked to you. And I'm like, you didn't talk to me. And so come to find out, like his family had been pretending to, to be me. Because they had took uh, some of our files that had copies of my driver's license, my birth certificate, everything like that. They took that from our house whenever they came and got oh them. Oh, my gosh. Um, so the lady, she was like, hold on. Just hold on a second. I'm like, okay. So I'm mad. And I'm sitting here like, ooh, if I owe money, I'm going to be so mad. Because that's all I'm thinking about. Because I'm drowning. I'm I'm trying to pay everything. I'm working three yeah. jobs. I'm still sending his ex money like I need help financially and I can't afford to pay these bills by myself. And we, I got noticed that we had got approved for like the social security stuff and everything, but I wasn't getting the checks. And so, um, (gasps) so I was like, okay. So the manager came on the phone and she's like, Hey, you need to call his job. And I was like, well, what do I need to call a job for? They're like, we can't talk to you anymore. Um, You just need to call his job. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like, do I owe money or not? (laughs) You know, I'm still on money. And she's like, you don't owe anything. Y'all have met your deductible. At this point, everything, you know, is paid for. I said, okay, thank you. I'll call his job to see what's going on. And so I called his job and they're like, yeah, we don't. um," I called the human resources. They're like, oh, we don't really know what's going on, but uh, we'll give you a call, a call back. I was like, okay, cool. And so there was a lady that I talked to that, you know, dealt with all this prescriptions and stuff from Blue Cross Blue Shield. And so I called her and I'm like, hey, something's going on. I'm like, I don't I said, nobody wants to talk to me. Can you find out? And she's like, yeah, girl, I'll call you or whatever. And I talked to her like once a month and we were like really cool. And I, you know, she was like my little vent in person. She was like my actual therapist, <laughs> Because <laughs> I would tell her what was going on with the family, and I had been talking to her since like you know April May, so she knew, at, chronologically, yeah, everything knew that was that. going on. She knew that they had took them to Georgia and stuff, all this stuff. And she's like, "I'll call, I'll call you back today as soon as I find anything." And so um, that was like a uh, like a Tuesday or whatever. And so I I didn't get a call back from anybody on that Tuesday. And so the next day, I was like, "Man, something's going on." And I had already called the police before for them to go out and do a welfare check. Um, you know, just to see if he was okay. Cause I couldn't leave yet. It was about to be spring uh, Christmas break. So I was like, I'll just go on Christmas break. And so I called to do welfare checks and they would never answer the door. And then like, I think his sister called my sister one time was like, tell your sister, leave us alone. We're fine. He doesn't want to talk to her. And I'm like, of course he wants to talk to me. Like I'm me. (laughs) What do you mean? And so it was just (laughs) like a whole thing. And so like that Wednesday morning I got to work and I was just, I, I just wasn't feeling right. I'm like something ain't right. And, um, so I called the police and I said, Hey, um, I've talked to y'all before and, and I don't know what the protocol is, but at this point I haven't spoken to my husband in over six weeks and I want to file a missing person r- report. And so I was on the phone with the officer. He was getting information. I was giving him some background information and I got a call on call waiting. So I clicked over and I was at work. I was in class. Um, I had just stepped outside and, um, I clicked over and it was the home girl from the insurance. I was like, Hey girl, what's up? And she was like, "She's like, Hey, um, I, I don't know how to tell you this. And I'm just like, you know, what's up? And she was like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know why nobody will talk to you or anything. And she just bust out crying. And I'm like, what what is going on? Like, what are you talking? Like, what are you about right now? Like, why are you crying? And she said, I don't know how to tell you this. But, uh, and again, this was Wednesday. She said, your husband died last week on Friday. And I don't know why nobody's telling uh, me. And I broke. Oh, that's horrible. I broke. I I don't even remember all of it. I just remember the other teacher, my co-teacher and some of my coworkers and some students saying that I like just fell in the hallway and was screaming at the top of my lungs. And they had to literally carry me um, to the counselor's office and stuff. And then like something in my brain just like cracked. And all of a sudden I was like a whole nother personality and I was going to Georgia and I was going to kill everybody in Georgia. <laughs> and so they had to hold me down. <laughs> They ended up calling my parents and my parents drove up. Um, But they, uh, he had died the week before Uh, his family hadn't told anybody. They hadn't told me they were planning to have the funeral without me. Um, They had lied and pretended to be me with, uh, everyone did they get in trouble i hope they got in trouble so what it came down to because this is just ridiculous i don't know how like seriously well i called seriously yeah, i called the funeral home we were able to find the funeral home the the um the funeral was scheduled for that saturday um the funeral director they had pretended to be me with the funeral director and once he realized that they did that he refused to talk to me um again they were in georgia i was in texas Uh, they had the funeral without me by the time I got there, everything was done. The funeral director wouldn't give me any information, Mm. wouldn't tell me where it was buried, anything. The police officers I had called, um, they did everything over the phone and paid cash and did the stuff under the table. So there was no like paper trail or anything of it. Um, I went to some lawyers and literally the whole, you know how the lawyers have like the huge office buildings or whatever, and they're all next door to each Mm -hmm. other. They were all literally running back and forth to each other's offices trying to help me for free, like totally free charge, going up to the courthouse, trying to see what they could do. And it basically just kind of boiled down to, I would have had to sue everybody all at once. And just the more we dug the more we found out and I I actually had got sick because it was so much stress. I got sick. I couldn't talk. I couldn't yeah, move. I bet. Um, I couldn't do anything. And so um, I told my mom, because she talked to me, she's like, you know, the more you dig, the more you're going to find. She says like unraveling a ball of yarn. And um, I said, I can't do it anymore. I, I can't know anymore. I can't find out anymore. I'm about to kill myself like I can't do this and so I had Mm. to to choose to let it go the only thing I wanted was for and again this was 2016 um, when I got the death certificate in the mail Um, two things about that the first thing the time that he died on the day that he died um, I had been keeping a journal and I had woke up that night at the time he died with chest pain Mm-hmm. and I couldn't breathe. It was. It lasted for about 10 seconds. I don't know, maybe like five. It just seemed like it was forever. I couldn't breathe, chest pain, and then it all stopped. And I felt like something had left me. And I remember I called my mom mm-hmm. that next morning. I said, I don't know. I said, something happened. I said, but... I said, I feel okay. <laughs> I said, I feel weird. I said, I feel okay. I said, I feel lighter. I feel like something left me. I don't know what happened, but, but I'm fine. And she's just like, oh, this, you know, the peace of God. And I'm just like, yeah, it has to be. I said, because it's weird. I said, I had really, really bad chest pain. I felt like I was having a heart attack. And then all of a sudden it was gone. And it happened at the exact same time that he died. And then um, when mm, I got the death certificate wow. in the mail, um, they had lied on the death certificate. They said that he was married, but separated. They said the wife was unknown and couldn't be found. And I'm like, y'all know me since I was 10 years old. You didn't even put my name on the death certificate. Yes. They made up a job for him, said that he worked at the post office in Georgia. Never worked at a post oh, office. Oh my God. He never worked at a post office anywhere. <laughs> and so, you know, <laughs> they put his address in there. And, and I told my mom, I said, you know, for gen-, I said, on, on general principle, I want that change. I said, I can't do anything about all the other stuff they did. I said, but I need something. I said, I got to have a win on this. I need something. I want that changed. And uh, again, this was December, 2016. And I just got confirmation that it was fixed last month. So I don't know. I don't know, Gail, if if you had saw that Facebook post or whatever, but that's what I was talking about in that Facebook post. Um, that death certificate getting corrected. And it took this whole time. Um, And so I'm like, and I felt free. You were just (laughs) such a woman of resilience. Well, just tenacity. Yeah.
0: And all this time still raising those girls, still working your job. Yeah. Mm.
2: I don't know how they made it. that's not the
0: end of your story. I
2: don't know how those girls made it. That's not the end of
0: your story. No. Let's take a real quick break, and I want to come back for the good part. We'll be right back. Well, spring is just around the corner, and I don't know about you guys, but I get very excited about fashion and the change of clothing and colors. But some of you may be thinking, gosh, I wish this was the year that I knew what to go buy and how to style myself. Well, help is here. This is your girl, Gail, and I'm a stylist. You may not know that, but I help people shop for clothes and find the cuts styles and colors that work best for them to create a cohesive closet. So they walk out the door in the morning with much less wasted time, money, and energy, but lots of boosted confidence and morale. So reach out now to Gail Scott at Bellsoft.net to learn more about my styling services and how we can help you look your best. Have you ever wondered what colors you look best in? What lipsticks will really make your face shine? Well, We have a course to recommend to you from YourColorStyle.com. You can go right now to www.YourColorStyle.com and take a free quiz to help you get started on your journey. To finding your best colors, this can save you lots of money when shopping and help you have confidence to go out there looking your best. So go over and visit www.yourcolorstyle.com. Well, welcome back to Midlife Mightsy. Today we're talking to my friend Jenny Washington, and boy does she have a tale to tell. But the reason we want to have her on is because she is a woman who has pursued her passions despite serious setbacks in her life and a lot of pain and trauma and loss. And we know a lot of women have those things in their lives and they let them destroy them. But Jenny is just a shining example of keeping on going, just putting one foot in front of the other when it's so hard and you feel so, so much loss and trauma. So we're talking about the loss of Jenny's second husband um, and the trauma around that. But Jenny... You didn't let that stop you. You turned your pain into something productive and became author Jenny Washington. So, <laughs> yes. tell us
2: about that. So, um, after after my husband died, uh, things went crazy again uh, with the twins' dad. It was. It was peaceful at first, because um, I, I feel like him and his family, they were like, oh, she just lost her husband, you know, we're not going to act crazy. But then it turned into, you know, little jabs here. Like I'd ask him to do something for the twins and it'd be like, well, why don't you get your dead husband to do it? You know, or, oh, that's you know, wonderful. or little, little the things like, that. oh, well, you can just keep that in the grave, Ugh. like just little digs like that. And it just got worse and worse and worse. Um and, uh, you know, some, there's no need to be yeah. ugly. I mean, seriously. Yeah. So some things oh. popped up and, uh, we were in a custody, we were in a custody battle and the kids made some allegations that I was concerned about because, you know, I had suffered from abuse from him as well. Um, and so I was like, well, they're not going. And they had spoken to their school counselor and, you know, whenever you report something, you have to call CPS. Yep. And so that kind of got the ball rolling, um, Well, we had an open CPS case, Uh, we were in the middle of court, and him and his lawyer filed uh, paperwork to have me put in jail um, for interference of child custody. And we went to court, and despite everything, um, even though they had lied on, you know, their filing (laughs) and a lot of those things... uh, Some of the dates that I I admitted, I said, no, I didn't give them. And I was advised by CPS not to send the kids over there. The judge had a bad day. She didn't care. And judge put me in jail. Judge said, yeah, judge said, you got to be in jail for like 91 days. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, no. (laughs) And I only spent like maybe nine days. But uh, while I was there, I had to decompartmentalize because it was like, oh, my God, I'm in jail. (laughs) <laughs> and I mean I was in there like with regular like jail people and 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 it was so funny cuz <laughs> <Jail> like people. Well <laughs> cuz nobody Jenny, you I are went. jail people now. I know, I mean Facebook jail people that's different but <laughs> but nobody thought I belonged there and everybody thought that I was like some like government agent spy like real talk they really thought I was there like spying on them. And so for me And again, because I'm a clown and I have no sense. I'm like, well, I'm about to embrace it. I'm about to be a government spy. So I started writing (laughs) everything that was going on in jail while I was there and just to take it outside of myself, you know, to make it not so bad because I'm like, dude, I'm in jail. And so um, I wrote a book called That One Time I Kind of Went to Jail.
0: (laughs) kinda of went to jail <laughs> <laughs> so, like that you kinda of went to jail. You're still not accepting that. the fact that you're up in the pokey with yeah, the other I'm people. I'm so not
2: accepting it. Like I promise you, I'm just like, this did not happen. This did not happen. And so oh, yeah, so gosh. I wrote that book and then um I'm actually finishing up um and it took a while to write because it was hard to write the book about my husband. Um and just keeping along the same line. So I, you know, the first book is that mm. one time I kind of went to jail. And so this book is called that one time my mother-in-law kidnapped my husband. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> it's that, that one time series. Yes. It's that one time yeah, series. Yeah. And yep. so it, oh, it go wow. backwards in time. Um, cause I started with the jail book and then I'm just like kind of going backwards in time. And then out the first book, like the first book or whatever, um, the last one in the You're series doing it will the be Star Wars way. Yeah, yeah, the last one in the series will be everything that how everything kind of started, just with the twins' dad and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's it's a liberating that process. That time I almost got beat to death. <laughs> right, That's I know, right. <laughs> And so Beaten. it's just like it helps me as part of my healing process again because I I, mm-hmm. I tried. I'm a huge huge. Advocate for counseling and stuff like that, but I've tried counseling and my story just seems to be too crazy for the ones that I've had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they can't help me. Mm. <laughs> so I have to yeah. help myself. And and being in groups with women um have helped as well. But I, I shied away from it at first, honestly, because I didn't want to be the poster child for abuse, you know, Um, I didn't want to be the poster child as a widow or, or, you know, I, I dealt with cancer, you know, closely in my life. I didn't want to be that person. Um, And it's like, God kind of threw me in that, in that role. <laughs> mm.
0: <laughs> and But I love yeah. the way you have gone to these creative outlets to, you know, exercise what's going on in your life, to you know, chase your passions because um, did you always want to be a writer? Did you always see yourself writing a book?
2: I did. I really did. Um, Cause I've always been an avid reader. Um, my favorite author is VC Andrews. Um, I love the crazy stuff. <laughs> and and I feel like, and I, and I said it in my Shocker. book. Yeah. I said it in my book. I'm just like, man, I always read a read VC Andrews as my favorite author with all these dysfunctional families and stuff. Like, did I bring that on mm-hmm. myself? <laughs> Well, (laughs) it seems like it kind of went that way, but um, I just knew. So I I know that
0: just knowing you for so long, I know there's a few other things that you just want to do. I I know that there's a pole at your house.
2: Yes. Yes. I actually have two poles. Um, So I do pole dancing. Two poles? Yeah. Yeah. I do pole (laughs) dancing. Um, When I was younger, I always wanted to be in the circus. Um, So when I started off, I had a neighbor. Um, She walked on stilts and did pogo stick and she taught me how to do that. And I always, always tell my parents, they ruined my life. Cause um, when I started teaching uh, this group called the Jumbies from New York came in and they're just like, oh my gosh, we're going on tour and we need another, another, um, another stilt walker. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is my time. This is my chance. And I called my parents and I'm like, I need my stilts. I need you to bring my stilts. They're like, we don't have those stilts no more. We gave that to Goodwill. I'm like, you ruined my life. Like, what are you doing are to
0: me? Stilts? I mean, this is what I love about you, Ginny. Why? And when you start posting pictures about the pole, I'm like, what the hell is Ginny doing? Now, remember, I've met Jenny at church, and the next thing Jenny's swirling around on a pole, and I'm like, I am feeling some confusion here. She's in jail, but she's up here baking cakes like Martha Stewart. Then she's swinging around on a pole. But this is what I love about Ginny. If you want to try something, you do. Yeah, If you want to learn something, you do. And we felt like that's why you were a great story to bring to our audience. Because I think deep inside of us as women, there's so many things we think about. I'd love to do that sometime. I want to do that. And we keep waiting. Yeah. And we keep Mm -hmm. waiting. And we push it down. And we put the kids first. Because I know you've always put your kids first. Those two girls are amazing, young, collegiate women themselves now. Mm -hmm. That's hard to believe. Those little babies are off in college. But there's um, something to really be said for that because so many of us go through life, it sounds cliche, but with our song unsung, Mm -hmm. and with the things we want to do, not done. And then we let our bodies, you know, give into age and frailty to where we can't do some of these things. And you've Mm -hmm. never been held back by money because you didn't have two nickels when you started baking those cakes. I remember.
2: Right. And it's, Honestly, you barely to scrape up a pan? <laughs> yeah it's it's been such a blessing, and one of the things you know, a lot of people they say you know about you know the different areas and facets of your life that you trust God, and I have never not trusted God with my finances because I've seen Him move um, mm. amazingly in my finances. I remember you know after the divorce with the twins' dad, I had so many bills come up, and I I was literally living two doors down from my house because I couldn't live in my own house because he was there or he would pop up and break in or something. So I was living like with my next door neighbor who had twins as well herself. Um, And I remember I I had checked the mail and I came to her house and it was Bill after Bill after Bill. And I just sat at her bar stool and I was just in tears. And I'm just like, I don't know how I'm going to pay this stuff. And then the next day, same thing, I came and I thought I had bills. And I started opening the mail and I'm just like, well, you got to pay it or whatever. You know, I felt like Tyra Banks, our next top model. Like I have one minimum payment. (laughs) Who's going to get it today? You know, (laughs) will it be you? And so I started opening the mail and the first one, it was a check. Apparently I had overpaid something and and got like a rebate and I opened the next mail and it was another check. (laughs) And that happened five times. And when I tell you guys, mm-hmm. it was the exact amount of what I needed to pay my bills. And I'm like, at that point I was like, Oh, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done worrying about bills. I'm done worrying about finances. God is going to take care of me, come hell or high water. And he just, mm-hmm. he just showed up in such a miraculous and unexpected way. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I'm like, well, I didn't even know what some of this stuff was. I'm like, where is this money coming from? What is this stuff? Like, what it's, it was just unbelievable where you have no choice but to explain it, my god it's it's that's it. That's all it could possibly be. I
0: love that that's so beautiful. I oh. mean, Jenny, you've just kept going through it all, and you've always kept a check on who you are, and I think when we go through trauma and we go through just life situations, we yeah. as women lot of times lose who we are in being, like you said, the caretaker the mom the employee at the school, the church worker, all these things. And how do you think you've always been able to stay in touch with Jenny and who Jenny is?
2: Um, I think just being real and honest about my circumstances and how I'm feeling and and also being honest about my relationship with God. Like in my book, I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very honest. Me and God had beef. Like going through the storm. Everything was good. It's like you're your closest, you know, and God has his arm around you. And, and even a little while after, you're still good. And then you get to thinking, well, this person over here had cancer, and all they did was smoke weed, and they're fine, you know. It, it, and it's like, you know, all these different things. And then you start questioning God in your relationship, and me and God have some really, really tough conversations. <laughs> Mm. Really tough conversation. But you know, I love that. Yeah.
0: It, it seems like your ability to be real and raw and honest. And I know that to you. And I'm going to throw out another thing I know about you, but just complete that thought. I think you being real and honest with your feelings and open with it to other people has really helped you to stay true. Yeah, because I didn't want to be a Christian anymore. You are anymore. the Jenny we all know. <laughs> I tried. But you know something else? <laughs> I've noticed you are really good at saying no. Yeah. Yeah. You I have am. boundaries and you put them up. And like, even with your friends, like you've told me, no, girl, I ain't doing that. <laughs> no. <Nope. laughs> no cupcakes. Like the today. cakes.
1: Like the cakes. So <laughs> she said, I'm done. No. How bad do
0: you want a cake? No. You're not getting a cake today, Gail. Too bad. <laughs> right. so I mean, you seem to be able to draw those boundaries. Tell us, uh, tell us how you. Was that? Did that just come out of necessity, or? Yeah, a, I had to. Were you just determined to protect your peace? Because I think women struggle with this.
2: Yeah, I I got into a habit of of making myself busy, and I was already busy. Um, I mean, because you know, with the twins, they played every mm-hmm. sport possible. They were in every club activity, and they are uh, so, many
0: genies. They yeah. are many genies, so yeah. they're going to take it to the extreme. Yeah,
2: and so my world just it <laughs> revolved around them. And then on top of that, you know, any free time I had, I felt like I had to fill it. And I, I always felt like I had to work extra and 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 do everything to make sure you know that they were taken care of and that they had everything they needed. Um, Because you always want, you want more for your kids. You know, you want more for your kids. You don't Mm -hmm. want them to have to struggle or or anything like that. And just the the constant encouragement from my parents, even when I felt like everything was, you know, falling apart, they're just like, we're so proud of you. You know, and I remember it just reminded me you know, of God just saying, you know, that Jesus, I'm proud of you. You make me proud. And I'm just like, I haven't even done anything. And I'm like, oh, parents, are y'all Jesus? Like, <laughs> you know, not really. <laughs> but um, but I just, I started to internalize that. And I was like, I don't have to do everything all the time. Say and, it again for the people in the back. You know, and I'm like, you don't and I don't have to just do everything. To, I need to chill, you know? And, and I started liking my chill time. Like, And my life has been so crazy. Like I always tell everybody, I love boring. Like, please give me boring all day. Like, I love doing absolutely nothing on purpose because that means nothing is happening. (laughs)
0: Like, I've never known that side of Ginny. You know, and I I told him like, I just,
2: I've had all my midlife crisis already. Like, it's only up from here.
0: (laughs) Well, you know. You're not an unkind person, but you do set those boundaries, and those who are around you, we learn... You know, at first, I remember the first time you said no to me or something or bug back on me. I was like, well, that's a little aggressive there, Jenny. <laughs> I'm just uh,
1: but, uh, <laughs> you know, when you... When, but, but remember, Gail, Gail is... Hold on. We have to put a pin in that for just a second. Gail is from right, the South. and The so, Southern <laughs> charm. <laughs> yeah. yeah the, she she thinks that California girl over here does the same thing. She's like, whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa. And I was like, oh, I forgot. Let me just gotta just soften just it for me, people.
0: <laughs> but what I started to see about Jenny was that Jenny was being real with me, and Jenny was not BSing yeah. me. And so instead of something that was offensive, it became something you really respected about Jenny. Mm. And here's the thing: I want to... our viewers to get. What if we, as women, were all this way? We say what we mean, we mean what we say. We draw boundaries. We say no and quit all the foolishness, and then. When we know that that's just real and not personal towards us, then we're not offended. But I think we're so used to women being yes people and, you know, not drawing those boundaries that when someone draws to our boundary, we're like step back in a little bit of an out. And we as women can do better, especially us as midlife women, we can live more truthfully and authentically. And, you know, Jenny, you're a good example of that. You know, what you see is what you get. Um. (laughs) You don't, you don't ever, I've never seen you do wrong to anyone or take from anyone or, you know, not carry out a commitment, but you do draw those boundaries. And I think sometimes people think boundaries are bad and, oh my gosh, she's been difficult. No, ladies, we have to protect our peace. And we have to protect what's important to Mm. us, which for you is very much your family, your girls. um, You know, we have to protect ourselves sometimes and say no to some things. And you've done that. And I just, I really admire that about you, Jenny. And I think it's what part of what's allowed you to keep going is some boundaries. So we're running out of time. But what's next for Jenny? What's something you haven't done that you're going to do?
2: Um... Oh man, if you'd have asked me a few months ago, it was uh, There's
0: a new man. There's a new man.
2: <laughs>
1: yes, yes. Well, I'm waiting for I'm waiting for more books. I mean, this is this is like well, book number 2 is there coming has out to be. soon. I'm
2: almost done with book number 2. So that's coming out really, really soon. Okay.
1: Well, yeah, cuz I got to know what happened to the mother-in-law. Like seriously, I'm yeah, like I, when I feel did she like the new and, man like, I can't
2: kill her off in the story like I want man. to. <laughs>
0: Uh, Hasn't the new man seen all the crazy?
2: I feel Um, like he saw the crazy
0: and loved you anyway.
2: He did. And it's so crazy because, you know, he has uh, not as similar background, but, you know, he has an ex-wife and that had, you know, a lot of drama and craziness attached to it. And so when we met, crazy too, we met on Facebook through a mutual friend. Uh, we always like clowned and stuff under her posts. And, and then we I all saw ended it. up in a yeah, group or I saw whatever. you clowning around with this dude. And yeah. I'm like, like, like we all guy? ended up in a group chat together and just clown around in a group chat. And then we met in person and it was just like, ah, oh, I saw him and I was just like, ah oh, man, he's going to be my person. And I fought it for the longest. And we just started off as a friendship, but we both, you know, we talked everything out and, and we both had that understanding that like I'm not here for the BS I don't even want to be in a relationship neither one of us wanted to get married ever again and now we're all together and it's like dang we done changed our mind
1: <laughs> but he is, he is so that.
2: my person like we're we match each other's crazy y'all are a mess we are, y'all are a mess we really are like my parents love it <laughs> My parents absolutely like, love it. She's at her
0: match in this dude. You can just tell by the things he posts and comments. But Yeah, he's a good you guy. Know, he really is. I I want people to understand, too, from that, that we can be holy ourselves and be open and raw and all the things. And we're still worthy of being loved. And people are still going to love us. And people yeah. are still going to. And I think it's actually more attractive when we're open and we're real. And it allows people to come in not being afraid of what they're going to find out about us Uh because there's nothing being hidden. And all your friends are just like, we love to see you happy, Jenny. You you deserve it so much. And you raised those babies and got them off to college. I really hope this is just a time for you. And, And I always just can't wait to see what Jenny's doing next. And I love the way you... You like to tease it on social media. You just like to keep us guessing. The more questions we ask, the more you ramp up the intrigue. You're just a mess, Jenny.
2: Um, yeah, I started doing just trapeze a uh, so I could fulfill my circus dream. What? Yeah, so. Oh, that's cool. To go trapeze? Back to that. Yeah, because I had to fulfill my circus dream. I'm like, I said I always want to do it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm actually good.
0: <laughs> so Okay, so if someone wanted to go learn trapeze uh, you just looked that up on where
2: I like where do they yeah. get yeah, so you go for the <laughs> there's trapeze a place school? in uh there's a place in Dallas it's called Dallas Circus and go figure they teach you like trapeze and all that cool stuff and I was like a million feet in the air and I even like did the flip and mm. she caught me with her arms and I was like oh my God it's so cool. And I was sore for like three weeks afterwards but Jenny, it was how great. old are you? <laughs> I just turned how old 40. Are you yeah, I just See, turned 40. Oh,
0: I, taking up trapeze at 40 just seems <laughs> wackadoodle. <laughs> and I just love that you do it. So, gosh, we could go on all day, but it, it's been such a joy to have um, abuse survivor, widow, author, pole dancer, cake decorator, trapeze artist, teacher extraordinaire, mom of twins.
1: Book um, writer.
0: Yeah. On the show today. And, you Thank know, you. I just hope this story inspires other people. One, keep going. Two, keep fighting. Keep the faith and live authentically and chase all your dreams and all you want to do. You only get one chance here on life. Go for it. And you just mm-hmm. you just inspire me and keep wa- making me want to do new things. So thanks for your time today, Jenny. It's always, oh, thanks, I guys. miss you. We used to live close together. I know. I, I miss you too. You. You're just... So it's a fun and inspiring person. So, Christina, until next time, what do we say? Go and get your moxie
1: on. Bye now. Bye.